Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Liz on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And uh, we're here in our lovely uh, lovely Los Angeles offices and we're going to talk to you a little bit today about, you know, we're looking at the end of the year and as part of looking at the end of the year, we look back at what came before and as part of that, we look back at some of the shows that will not be returning in 2017. It's a sad, it's sad sometimes and sometimes it's not. Yeah, and we're going to go over a couple of the shows that, you know, we are maybe or maybe not sad about. And then I'm going to make you start because you have more on your list than me. Uh, great, because I feel if, if Liz is completely honest about what we're about to discuss, she may have a slightly differing opinion than I do. Guys, we are still living in a togetherness-less world, and that's sad. I miss togetherness. I want more togetherness, and I think everybody who watched togetherness did, uh, so... It's it's sad, guys. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you about Togetherness being a sad one. Um, and it seemed like a show that, you know, it's, it's two months um, of the year and for those actors, and they really loved it. Like, in talking with them, in talking with the people involved, uh, which I was lucky enough to do last last spring before the show came out, and they just loved it so much. And it, made, it made them so happy, and they really connected with these characters, and they really connected with each other, and... Yeah, that's a cancellation where you know that it broke some hearts, and I feel bad about it. Well, to give a little background into my introduction of this um, and to kind of lean into the meta nature of our podcast, as Liz so often likes to do. Yes. This is Liz and I's first lengthy discussion following our annual intense debate for the top 10 list. Oh, yeah. And when I put forth togetherness as an option for our top 10 list, Liz shut it down pretty quick. Well, I shut down a lot of your ideas. You tried. I, I tr- <laughs> can't believe you got some of those on there. Uh, Actually, tune in Tuesday, folks. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, you'll be able to read. You'll be able to read our official top ten of the year uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and in the meantime, yeah, I there's a part of me though that like if if we had a it was a top fifteen. I like the subversive element of like having it of having togetherness on the list. It feels like. It, it would be an appropriate sort of like, yeah, fuck you, HBO. Like, this one should have stayed around. <laughs> but then again, we love HBO. HBO, don't ever think we don't love you and need you. We yeah, need don't you. worry. There's still plenty of HBO on the top ten list, so Yo, you're going to be fine. Yeah, HBO, you're, you're going to be happy. Don't worry. Uh, even though the, the leftovers isn't because it can't be. <laughs> nothing right. makes Nothing has been more cruel and hard upon Ben than the fact that he couldn't just automatically make The Leftovers the number one show on our top ten list. Just staring at the list, it feels like something's missing. It feels like, you know, an appendage is gone all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just not right. What are you going to do in 2018? I don't think, I don't plan on making it that far, so I'm not too worried about it. But The rate you're going, that seems like a fair fair guess. I take in a lot of sodium. I mean, it's tough. Yeah. Heart's got to explode soon. Soon. Uh, but Liz, we are in agreement. We miss togetherness. We, yes. wish, there, we wish there was more it, togetherness. If they want to reunite and make more togetherness, by all means, please do that. Take us away to another show that you're possibly sad about being gone. Okay. Here is a Uh-oh. show. Uh-oh. What? Scared. What do you, what do you, what do you, you think is all. Gonna... You get all... In a mood, and like yeah. uh, the way you're presenting it, you're you're like preparing I, I, I'm for. I'm going battle. to talk about a show that I was. I'm really glad existed, 
However, I totally understand it going away, and that would be brain dead. That wasn't my guess. Okay, continue. Uh, But yes, uh, I really love the fact that Mary Elizabeth Winstead started a drama this summer written by the creators of The Good Wife that was about how aliens are invading America and with, uh, with, with bugs that explode brains. That was okay. That was great. That was a great thing that happened. I didn't watch beyond episode three, so that's on me. Like, I'm the reason why the show failed. It was an hour long, right? Yeah. But, but it, it wasn't really a drama. It like, was not kind of, like it, a hard drama. Not like a good wife drama. I mean, Tony Shalhoub played an alien, so not really a drama. But it was definitely an hour long, and it was. I think that's probably a contributing factor. Like, if it was just a flat-out comedy, like something that was like on TBS or something, that would... That probably would have done a lot better, but yeah, yeah as, a, as an hour-long drama, I think it just even with even with CBS's incredible legacy of putting on weird-ass programming over the summer, which still warms my heart every time I think about it. Oh, remember Extant then? God, yeah. I mean, have they really been successful with any of their weird-ass programming? I mean, kind of Under the Dome. Under but... the Dome made it three seasons, and I mean, I think the thing is they find it's it's unconventionally financed and structured. Like Under the Dome, I think was basically half paid for by by Amazon. I'm not questioning whether or not really they lost money on any any of these ventures. Just so much that the summer is still a testing ground for a lot of questionable ideas, and none of them have really come to fruition the way that. They've been hyped, especially extant. I mean, how how dare you speak that way about Zoo? How dare, Renewed how dare for I? a third season, Ben. Wow, that is improbable. Will yeah. it last longer than Under the Dome? We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Brain Dead is is fully available on Amazon Prime, I believe. Yeah, so and you can check it out. And I should finish. Up. I should finish watching it because it was real. It, it really did charm me. But it I has also, a lot of fans in high places. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, how about you, Ben? What's so? I understand why Brain Dead was canceled. I'm not mourning it too hard, but I am looking forward to going back and re-watching the full season at some point. Uh, well, to kind of shift gears a little bit away from something that's been canceled into something that's been planned to end and is ending very shortly, um, Rectify will be missed by the small few number of people, mainly critics, who watched Rectify uh, start to finish. Uh, it's getting ready to wrap up. There's two episodes left as you are listening to this, assuming you listened to it when it came out on Monday. Uh, airs Wednesdays on Sundance TV. If you haven't caught up on Netflix yet, if you haven't tried it yet on Netflix, I will again encourage you to. Um, it will be a show that people talk about for years to come as long as you watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that rectifies a show that exists. I'm not too sad that it's ending just because it's going out on its own terms, so I'm not, like, you know, picketing Sundance TV. They gave it as much as uh, the creator Ray McKinnon wanted to give it. so And they were completely flexible on the number of episodes that were coming out. Like they experimented in season two with blowing up after six to, I think they did 10 in season two, then they lowered it to six again, and they're doing eight in the final season because that's where uh, Mr. McKinnon believed it wanted, or believed it was best for the show. So I'm not too upset that it's ending, but I do want to pay tribute to Rectify. We will be talking about that uh, in a lot of our end-of-year lists, so look forward to it. And uh, Liz... What's your next one? Well, I feel like, Ben, you and I are on the same page about this one vaguely. Um, And that would be Aquarius. My favorite broadcast drama. Yeah. That being said, I don't know if... I mean, honestly, here's the thing. Here's kind of where I land with Aquarius. Like, NBC had a pretty well-done period drama starring television's own David Duchovny. 
lots of him beating up hippies, which is, of course, one of the greatest things to be on television in the last five years. Never enough, but there was some. So There's that's, never that's good enough. Thing. That's true. There was, they, and they, they did more than others. They did more. They had more David Duchovny beating up hippies than a lot of other shows on television. Um, so all that said, uh, if NBC wasn't going to really support the show, which it kind of basically seemed to be the case, um, I mean, I, I I feel like better that than just kind of like another third a third season where they got perhaps even less money to make the show and they got even fewer, you know. Uh, promotional opportunities etc etc uh, yeah i would have loved to see this live on as a continued experimental show mm-hmm. for nbc because they decided to do that with the first season releasing it all at once online uh in the second season they did seem to give up on it pretty much but they pushed out a two-hour commercial free premiere i guess to try to lure in some extra audience members i mean it, it was an interesting show in that nbc kind of just let it exist where I feel in the past, because of the stars and because of the subject matter and the fact that it's a period drama, they may have, you know, invested more into it. They may have made it into, like, a, a big-ticket fall show, and instead they tried to kind of play it out in the summer. Um, I would have loved to see them keep trying things with it, you know, just so it could exist and we could, you know, yeah. have it there. But at the same time, you know, it, it's kind of another one where it got a little bit lost in the shuffle for how much was going on during the summer, how many other shows were airing, how many big ticket items, you know, were taking precedence over it and viewing habits and stuff. So, and more to the point, I think it's probably best that David Duchovny's free to do other things. Not necessarily another season of The X-Files, though I feel like we all know it's coming. Um, But I, I love seeing Duchovny kind of try some, try new things. I want to see him experiment. I'd love to see him back in a comedy. I still think he's got a lot of comedic chops that aren't really being utilized properly, but uh, but no, I mean, it's it's a lot like Masters of Sex, where Masters of Sex just announced that it's over, and I'm actually, just excited to see Lizzie Kaplan go do something else. Masters of Sex was actually the next show on my list. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, so you might as well segue to that. I mean, the thing about Masters of Sex I find vaguely fascinating is the fact that it had all the makings of a real prestige drama, and it I think, like, in season two, like, we actually, we had it, we at least had, like, one of its episodes on our best episodes of the year list. Um, But for some reason, like, in the last two seasons, it just, I don't even know if plateaued is the right word. I don't even know, like, just on a buzz level, what kind of, I think it lost, alienated a lot of people. And it just never really came together. And I've never, I, it's, and I think it's the kind of show we see a lot get canceled a lot when it comes to when we're talking about the prestige cable drama not prestige but the premium cable slots which is that they're so the premium cable channels are so dependent on you know awards and awards attention and so that's why a lot of these shows if they're not getting that sort of attract sort of traction they will get killed off in like season three or four like the same thing happened with rome on hbo um back in the day yeah and showtime has an interesting track record of keeping shows on past their prestige their best date. years like, like they 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 hit their cap and then they just keep running with them um long beyond that as long as they are driving that kind of buzz and getting that kind of discussion going and masters of sex just kind of seemed to fade in that department so even though there were times where it felt like a little bit of a of an emmys player uh, it never really maximized on that potential and then when it started to let down on the other areas as well it 
was just time to let it go. Alice and Janney um, getting nominated can only sustain a show for so long. Absolutely. Um, and it's important to note that uh, one of the breakout stars of Master of Sex, Caitlin Fitzgerald, uh, also is on an arc right now on Rectify. So oh. we're combining a couple of shows that are going away. So please hire Caitlin Fitzgerald in the future. She is a delight. And uh, Annalie Ashford was easily one of the best things about the Rocky Horror uh, remake that aired on Fox earlier. Not hard to do, but... Yeah, but she was a real standout, <laughs> and she deserves more attention as well. Like, she's, yeah. she, seems a, like a, a, she seems like an actress who hasn't, whose, whose potential has not been fully tapped. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I hope that these kind of shows, again, like, they're shows that are ending on their own terms... Those seem to have made a mark. Like the people of Rectify, Abigail Spencer obviously is is on. This is or no sorry, timeless. Timeless. I almost said this is us because apparently that's the only NBC show I can think about. Um, but she's on Timeless. I feel like Aiden Young is going to get some work because people are incredibly impressed with Aiden Young. Uh, Chase Crawford is already on Lethal Weapon. Like that's been a springboard. So we hope that some of these shows, even the ones that are getting canceled, uh, will prove to be enough of an outlet for the actors within them to, to keep seeing more of them in the future. Um, to that end, Liz, recent news, breaking today as we spoke. Right. Good Girls Revolt has been canceled at Amazon. Yeah. Thoughts? I'm the one I'm the one who watched all of it. You are. Uh, and I feel bad about it, but on a level where it's like I think I think that I would have liked to have seen what that show did in a season two, and they are shopping it around. It's not dead. It's just Amazon has decided not to continue with it. Mm-hmm. And what's what is interesting about it, and I think this is something ta- you you quasi brought this up earlier uh, when we were talking off, not on the podcast. We occasionally do that, um, rarely. But uh, you were saying that the thing that's notable about it is you clearly didn't think it was going to have any awards traction. Um, right. But they made the decision to kill it even before any awards have been nom- announced. Like, we, they didn't even give it a chance to go for a Golden Globe. Right. They, I, I think they're reading the tea leaves pretty accurately on this one. Um, it doesn't seem to have—it it got good critical support, but it, it didn't seem to have anybody who was so strongly campaigning for it above all of the other shows that could be contended. So— I think they're reading the tea leaves right on that, and that it, it wouldn't have been a strong player. Technically, it could still get nominations if if, it know, can, yeah. if people do turn out to feel passionately about something that got canceled and that draws attention to it. It's definitely a show that, in the moment, feels like horrible timing to be canceled. Like considering the topic of the show, considering yeah. the narrative of the show, and considering the horrible state that we find ourselves in in terms of women's rights uh, and. America right now. Uh, so and on that, and it's incredibly disappointing. I would like to point out that I, I don't think, I don't, it's a good business decision on Amazon's part in the sense that they need an, a drama series that is going to get awards. So if they recognize that this isn't that for them, they need to let it go. And I think it's probably a kind decision on their part to actually cancel it rather than to just let it sit in you know, limbo. limbo forever like they do with a lot of shows, like a lot of streaming networks do with a lot of their shows if they're you know, just kind of lukewarm on them or they're not sure what they're going to do in the future. Um, by canceling it, that is allowing them to shop it, and that does give it a better chance of getting picked up elsewhere. So it's it's kind of one of those situations where I would have liked to see more of this. I would have I should have engaged more with it when it came out. Obviously, I only saw the pilot, but I thought it was fine. Um but the topic alone and, and the talent in it, like the, the actors in it are all great actors. And I was hoping for more from that kind of, you know, ensemble. So yeah. 
no. uh, it's interesting to, to kind of talk about it in all of these different terms. It was such a strong showcase for, for, for roles for women. Like it had so, it had a really great ensemble, like you just said. And especially like you got a real variety in characters and depictions. It was interesting. It was a very interesting show. Um, and I am sad it is gone. Yeah, hopefully it'll get picked up somewhere else. Yeah, uh, what's another one on your list? Uh, well, Liz, I think it's probably important that we talk a little bit about roadies. Yeah, I figured you'd want to bring that one up. In in a different context of finding shows to fill a certain gap in programming schedules. Like Good, Good Girls Revolt couldn't quite fill the gap that Amazon needed in their own programming schedule. Roadies was filling a gap that we need in general, which is kind of that sincere, earnest drama that's out there that, that's not going to dig into the sarcasm or the or the negativity that surrounds so many prestige, quote-unquote, dramas. And no, it didn't do it well. You've heard me talk about it a million times before in the past. I'm not heartbroken that they didn't pick up a season two. I do feel like we need more of those kind of shows, though, and I hope that something steps up in 2017 to fill that void. Yeah, it's a fair... Well, I mean, ABC is developing more programs for the Heartland, Ben. It's not about programs for the Heartland. I don't think Roadies was even something made for like the quote-unquote flyover states one of the worst terms ever invented yeah um but it, it's it's just about sincerity being on tv and having something positive to fall back on after viewing so much negativity in so many other hard-hitting edgy dark dramas well and i think there is a sea change coming in that respect i was actually talking with a uh, network executive who will go unnamed because uh, she said I couldn't say her name uh, a while back. And she was saying that she feels like, you know, she she wants to watch more. She personally wants to watch more shows like that. And there's going to be, I feel like industry-wise, like you're st- going to start seeing more of a push towards that kind of programming that makes people feel good and, you know, is happy-making. And, you know, uh, I think, I think well, honestly, like the return of Gilmore Girls is kind of a, you know, interesting timing. Like it doesn't, it, it hasn't, really necessarily fulfilled that purpose but for a lot of people the opportunity to go back to that show was one they really appreciated yeah and that's that's something close to filling that niche but i I feel like the key for this is that there needs to be some sort of ambition attached to it Mm -hmm. it's not kind of the innocent watchable programming it's not something that just sits there it's something that's actually trying to do something but it's in its efforts to do something positive uh, it, it it speaks like it has a voice and it's strong and it's it's not necessarily a call to action. It's not necessarily something as aggressive as the newsroom or, or as ambitious as, as those ideas were for that show. But it, it's something, you know, Sorkin-esque. It's something out there that is going to have a little bit of a push to it and it's not just going to be passive viewing. Like the, a lot of broadcast relies on some of these things. They turn into family dramas. You know, This Is Us, you could argue, is trying to fill that void right now. But that's why it's so hard to find a show that's right for this. It has to be great. It has to be a very good show. It has to have very strong writing. It has to be, you know, of the Friday Night Lights vein to really work. And, you know, This Is Us is nowhere near that. Like, This Is Us is, is a pretty bad show overall. And Roadies was, at best, a mediocre show. So it's, it's I want to see somebody try to do it, and I recognize how difficult it is. Well, I think it's, it is like sincerity. Sincerity has to feel believable and that's a hard thing to communicate yeah especially on an episodic week-by-week basis but yeah Liz Um, what else you got uh well I think this is the last thing I have written down and I'm alone on it I know 
um, pretty much. And I fully acknowledge that this show was good for only a couple of things. But God damn it, if Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll didn't give me Campbell Scott rapping about potatoes. And I will always thank it for that. And I will always really appreciate that. And I will remember it fondly forever. Well, are you sad to see it go? Because, I mean, I feel like it was very specific to that instance that you admired oh, yeah. the show for. No. So they did it. Do they need more? Like, do we need anything else from it? No, I mean, it gave me Campbell Scott rapping about potatoes. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, good. I don't know if it would have been interesting to see what they could have done to go beyond that. Like, could they have come up with something crazier? But sometimes you just kind of have to appreciate what you get, Ben. And I feel like that's a lot of, that's what I think about a lot when I think about canceled shows. Like, you know, we complain bitterly about uh, happy endings getting canceled. I miss it. I miss that show a lot. But it did get three seasons. We got three seasons of that show. And again, I cherish those three seasons. I mean, it's more seasons than Firefly ever saw. Yeah, and you're talking about on the latter end of the spectrum, two shows that clearly had a lot more to give. Like, they, there was no real reason for them to end. There was nothing where it was like they filled their purpose. They still had a lot of potential. Are like you talking they, about, are you including sex, drugs, and rock and roll in that? Absolutely not. Okay. Like, <laughs> that's the difference in what you're talking yeah. about, and that's the difference in appreciation when you have to look back on these things. Like, with sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it's a lot easier to look back on it and be like, well, that, ep- that one episode was great. The rest of them were they were fine, so it's it's easier to appreciate what was there. When yeah. you have something that you can appreciate fully and it still feels like it was cut short, it still feels like it was in the prime of its life, that makes it a lot more difficult to let go, which gr- brings me to my final point, the grinder. Like, Oh, the grinder. The grinder <laughs> will forever be a show that absolutely met its potential and yet still had so much more to say and just in hearing the description of what was coming in season two can you can you actually say what what what, what you know about what they would have done for season two not really no. yeah okay um yeah. if you if you see ben at a party get him get, get him a drink and he'll tell you i probably yeah i'll spill a little bit of the beans but like they they had plans and they had great plans they they were really 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 on top of this like in every state and it's a show that is so tricky to do right and somehow they figured it out within the first season, within 18 episodes. It took them, it did not happen immediately, though, and there were a lot of uh, showrunner shakeups along the way. Sure, and I, but at the same time, like, those early episodes struck a chord that in and of itself was difficult, and then they decided to elevate their game above that. Right. So there was never really a huge misstep. It was that they found their groove, like they found something within a show that could have been that could have been easier, that could have been played to easier jokes, they went a lot deeper into it. And I'm going to miss that. And it's going to be hard. I see Rob Lowe tweeting all the time of people who are watching this on Netflix now and are saying, how are there only 18 episodes? I can't believe we're not seeing more of this. And as hard as it was for him to let it go, which I think it's going to be hard for everybody. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know (laughs) if he ever will. I think that one's going to be one that not haunts him, but is going to be disappointing for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Devious Maids, uh, the Lifetime series, mainly because I know making Devious Maids was a hell of a good time. There yeah. were some people on that sh- on making that show that were tremendous human beings, and the fact that they don't get to be together anymore for that is one of the things Aww. that we don't think about when we think about shows leaving. These are families a lot of the times, especially if you're together for three or four years making something that you love and that you're into and and if you've got good people to work with and then all of a sudden that's just taken from you that's hard that's hard to deal with yeah i mean even like a bad show 
you know, not or a, a less a show that maybe you don't love. Uh, you know, I, I keep thinking about uh, Two and a Half Men. Like people were freaking dancing jigs when that show got officially canceled. Um, but fun fact about me, I used I did in fact once work. Full disclosure, I did in fact spend a season of my lo- a season of time uh, on the show Two and a Half Men as an assistant uh, back in the very early days of your. And that's why Liz doesn't write about it on IndieWire, and there's completely different reasons why I don't write about it on IndieWire. That is correct on both co- both counts. Um, but yeah, but you know that it was a family in season two, and it only became more so. Like those people to get were together for nearly a decade. Yeah, I mean, from the little interaction I've personally had with John Cryer, as well as the larger stories I've heard about John Cryer, he's a pretty great guy. So yeah, he's very sweet. I can only, and that's that's your top level, you know. Those are, that's your talent who's walking around and, and yeah. has their own trailer and all that other stuff. So all the way down the line. There had to be a lot of good people who are involved with that. There have to be a lot of good people to be involved in a lot of these long-running shows simply because, you know, how else do you function? You can't keep plugging and playing and, and hoping that it, you know, keeps pumping out the same product. So, I feel like it's a very telling thing that Matt LeBlanc, who knows what it means to be on a sitcom with people for a long period of time, um, I feel like it's very telling that Jenna Fisher got recast Uh from Man with a Plan. Ooh. Yeah, I feel, Ooh. I've, I've heard I've heard enough gossip to indicate that maybe that was a decision made in part because they want to enjoy going to work. That's this is getting gossipy, guys. I'm yeah. sorry, Jeez, this we're catty me below the line right now. Yeah, but, uh, but no, I mean it is something that is often overlooked in terms of cancellation because. You know, we take it personally as viewers, but it's a whole other level for the people who are behind. They the live those shows, they live with those families, and then they get broken up. Yeah, it's very sad. It's tough. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess question this week: What are you gonna miss? What are you gonna miss the most, man? Like, what do you, what do you guys? What what what's what? We've asked you before, like, what shows would hurt you the most if they got canceled? Now it's just time to tell us what, how you really feel about some of these shows. Like, what's what's your biggest tragedy on a personal level? Um, in 2016 when it comes to television just television <laughs> nothing else um and in the meantime ben so email me at liz at liz at ben at indywire.com and in the meantime ben what was the best thing you watched last week uh the best thing i watched last week was in was absolutely because i'm trying to play a little bit of catch up before all of our year end lists come out uh, and that's the girlfriend experience on Stars. Oh, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're actually liking it. Like it, I've been unsure. I'm going to be curious once I'm finished to go about reading some of the ultra praise heavy reviews of it. I mean, there is there are some people I've seen some top ten lists already that come out that have it on there, and for me, uh, there's nothing that indicates that it should be that highly ranked. But it is a fascinating show to watch. There's a lot of layers to it. There's a lot of stuff that it forces you to engage with that you don't want to engage with. And you guys know me. That's something that usually hooks me pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I like dealing with, with issues and questions that are uncomfortable. And I like when television demands that of you. Uh, at the same time, there are some redundancies, I'd argue, within the show, uh, even at a half-hour format that it uses. But uh, performances are great. The depiction is very true to Soderbergh's original vision, and uh, I love that it's going to be an anthology series. I think that's a terrific way to approach these kind of stories. So, um, yeah, that's that's the best thing I've watched, even though it came out, what, January 2016? Uh, April. Eight, was it April? Yeah. Oh, man, I thought it was way earlier than that. No. Um, but, yeah, it's spit old. Good for you. Liz? Yeah. Your best thing. So my best thing is kind of something that caught me off guard. Uh, 
and I think it caught all of us off guard, frankly. Uh, We'd been hearing about this Brazilian show called 3%, which was a Netflix original, uh, premiering, which premiered last Friday, same day as Gilmore Girls. Uh, But of course, we were all talking about Gilmore Girls. No one was talking about this weird little dystopian show. I couldn't even get screeners of it that had English subtitles on it. Uh, I had to wait and watch it uh, after it premiered on Friday. But when I started watching it, um, I remember thinking, I was my original plan was I'm just going to watch a few episodes and then I will base my review on that. We do that all the time. You know, we watch three or four episodes because that's all they give us or we watch three or four episodes because that's all we need to know what the kind of show it is. And yet it was, we was, you know, this was of course the Friday after the Friday after Thanksgiving. So I was at, I was at my parents' house and I was working there and I didn't have any real distractions and I just kept watching it. And I really got hooked and just, I really wanted to know, get to the end and find out all the information they were going to give me. And then the final episode, which I won't spoil, but the final episode has a twist to it that I've, I'm literally asking people on Facebook right now, have you ever had a, experienced a twist like this before? Because I've never, I, I've, it's, it brings up an issue that I've never seen approached in this way. And it really struck me hard. And I'm still, like, it, it, it struck me so hard, in fact, that a week later, I'm in the middle right now of writing a think piece or just kind of a, hey, this thing happened and it was weird sort of article. And uh, yeah. Three percent. If if you enjoy like it's if you if you kind of if you enjoy like Hunger Games dystopian YA stuff, it's right up your alley. Uh, it is in Portuguese. Uh, the English acting on the dub is not good, so you probably should commit to watching it in Portuguese with the subtitles. And it's a it's a it's a, it's not necessarily a really high production value show, but the actual execution is pretty good. Uh, the directing is solid and. Uh, yeah, that's my recommendation. Two quick points. One, uh, to further elaborate on what Liz means when she says we sometimes watch just a few episodes of a show to review it, a lot of the times that's all they give us. Yes. So we can only, we watch as much as we possibly can. There are definitely shows where if it seems like they're trying to be buried and obviously the quality is lacking or we have low expectations, then, you know. We'll watch a few to see what's there, and then you, kind of base it from there. You know what? You know what kind of show Fuller House is after episode three of Fuller and House. And I watched all fucking twelve. Um, you didn't have to, man. Second question. Yes. There are a number of dystopian dramas coming out right now, and one. Have you seen the new season of Man in High Castle yet? I've seen the first five. Okay, so that one. Yes. Three percent. Yep. Incorporated. Yep, I've read about all three of them in the last week and a half. Rank them. Go. Um, just on basic quality level? Let's rank them on, um, I guess it probably goes back to basic quality, but because they all seem somewhat pertinent to our bleak outlook in America. I don't recommend state. writing about dystopias as much. Right. You, you dealt with a lot in these three shows. I'm, 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 I'm doing <laughs> Emotionally. Great. So I'm just kind of curious coming out of that. You know, what would you, like is three percent the one you'd recommend first? Above all, then... above. Well, on a basic quality level, I would say like on a basic execution quality level, like three percent has world building issues, and uh, it is it does play like a little YA just in general. Um, so I would probably put it below below both Incorporated and High Castle. It, but that said, like the. Tw- 
the ideas in Three Percent are really good. I think High Castle High Castle's the best realized show. I think like there's a lot a lot a lot to it in the way it's been it's been built and yeah, you know the sense. world it depicts. They've got the money. They got oh my god! They spend twelve days shooting an episode. Yeah, twelve days. It's interesting that you'd say that about three percent, if only because it's probably the least direct parallel to modern society. Like, I mean, to what could happen in the near future. No, it's it, and that's I think part of the, one of its problems is like the world building is very flimsy. It's just sure. like something something terrible happened, and everyone lives in slums. And then there's this one magical place off, called the offshore where the illustrious three percent of society live, and every year they you know twenty year olds get to compete to join that society. It's just an interesting kind of topic to to think about. Because A, it's painful to think about it right now, and B, none of these shows were made with the knowledge of what was coming when they're being released, of what, what our society would be looking at when they're being released. So it's it's a framework that's been thrust upon them and thrust on a lot of shows, to be honest with you. You've heard us talk about it in yeah. past podcasts already, but um, those are so specifically, you know— Dark and dystopian and horrible and rough yeah. and those. I, I did a press day with all of the act with not all of the actors but a lot of the actors from Man in the High Castle and it's really fun to talk to those. They they love they're they're so excited about the fact that there are literal Nazis in the newspapers now and in while while they're promoting their show about Nazis. Yeah, good times. Good times. So Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Um, Liz, honestly. <laughs> If I'm being honest, it's going to be Rectify for the last two weeks of sure. Rectify. That's just how it is. Fair. Um, but I am curious about the Showtime at the Apollo revival on Fox huh. airing Monday as this is being released. Uh, if only because Tracy Morgan's coming over. Oh, I love Tracy Morgan. That's exactly. Great. Any opportunity to see Tracy, especially of late, we're going to take it. So I'll probably check that out just to kind of see what form it takes. Um, I haven't done any research into it. I don't know what I should be expecting. I'm kind of fine with that. I'd rather just see it raw. So, Liz, if you've got some backside insight, please hold oh. on to it for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious just for those basic properties. Apollo, Tracy Morgan, Fox show, done. I mean, it's been a while. This is a good time of year for variety shows, and it's been a while since we've seen, like, a interesting take like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Cool. Cool. What about you? What are you looking forward to? Well... As you listen to this on Monday, you will pr- you know more than you you hopefully will know more than I currently do about this. But stupid sensate is going to oh. ruin my Christmas. No, it is not. It it it's not really. But uh, sensate uh, our 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 long absent uh, friend from uh, twenty. Is that 2015? Yeah, like June. It came out June 2015, and uh, we have not seen hide nor hair of it since. Um, and uh, it's, but it's, 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 it should be officially announced by the time you listen to this. Rumors have already sprung up uh, as we're recording this that something is coming this month uh, from, from Netflix. It will probably be around Christmas Day, and it will be, it will not, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, all I know. We can't, can't say much more since embargoes and, and buzz and stuff get changed and pushed back well, all the time. Nothing, nothing officially, nothing's been officially announced, but those, the rumors are sometime around Christmas there will be a something, yeah. and it will be Sensate. Yeah. And it's officially getting announced this weekend, maybe. 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 We don't know. Um, this, is a tricky, this is a tricky dance we're doing because they're... Always there on the side of caution. Yep. Good point. Anyways, we may know things. 
you may we we may know a lot more um, on Monday and uh, whatever comes. I'm no matter what, I am looking forward to more Sensate, but also I may be angry at it for ruining my Christmas. <laughs> uh, excellent, delicate dance, Elizabeth. Very Did I well. actually? I, hopefully, I, hopefully it was successful. Yeah, you might have towed the line a little bit, but we'll find out. I don't think I don't think any buzz around a show that is in need of buzz i mean all shows are in need of buzz this one may not be about to die or anything but we'll see um but yeah i uh all right and you know i'm sure certain that whatever we know about sensei you will be able to read on indiewire.com where you also find news reviews interviews features all sorts of fun stuff and if you like our podcast please listen to the turn it on podcast with our own michael schneider uh, as well as Filmmaker Toolkit. I listened to our wonderful Chris O'Fault's interview with the Arrival screenwriter today. It's fantastic. If you have any sort of questions about how that crazy film was adapted, make sure you check it out. Yeah. And you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. We will be back next week. And you guys, in the meantime, keep watching television. Mm-hmm.